Praise God. The kingdom is advancing. It seriously is. It's advancing in my life. It's advancing in your life because this kingdom is within us. And uh, the next few weeks and months, we're going to be speaking about the kingdom of God. I believe that, you know, even God's timing in these things, when God's talking about a spirit-led unity across his church, that we need to focus on the kingdom, not the church. We're kingdom people. When we got saved, we were transferred the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Praise God. And God's kingdom is coming. It's here, but there's more to come. And we need to become a kingdom people. We need to understand the kingdom. And this morning, I'm just going to give you a little taster. And maybe next week, I'll give more of a foundation. But I just want to get you interested in the kingdom this morning. Now, this morning was one of these mornings for me. That was just God demonstrating the kingdom, by the way. You know that about praying for people with pain, different things. And sometimes, you know, the kingdom advances violently. And sometimes you've really got to mean business to advance the kingdom. Because there's opposition and there's an enemy. And he doesn't give way easily, but we've got authority in the name of Jesus. And as we keep pressing in, we will win. And he will move. And sickness will shift, but we're going to keep at it. And I just want to encourage all of, all of those that received prayer this morning... Keep thanking God that something has started. You see, healing's received in our spirit. And as we thank God we've got it, it then manifests in our body over a period of time. It may be in five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks. I don't know, but as you keep thanking God, thank you, Father, I've now got my healing. There is healing now taking place. That gives the Holy Spirit something to perform in your life. Because God's watching over his word to perform it. Over his word to perform it. So when we say, thank you God, I've got my healing, be a strike, I believe I'm healed. Then God can perform that word in your life. So I want to encourage you, keep thanking God today. When you go home, all symptoms may have disappeared. I don't know. Keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Don't give up easily. Sometimes it comes instantly, sometimes it's gradual. God's, God's in charge of it, not us. All that we can do is lay hands on people and pray for them. We're not responsible for the results, praise God. But this morning, it was one of these mornings, I arrived here. It was one of these mornings, I thought, God, am I saved? Have I had one of these mornings? God, am I saved? As soon as I feel like that, I'm saying, thank you, God, I've got an anointing. Whoa! As soon as, whoa! Stand back from there. <laughs> when I feel like that, that's what I do. I say, thank you, Father, I've got an anointing. I've got an anointing. And the anointing in the Holy Spirit begins to manifest. Like, now I could just, woo, woo. My confession releases the Holy Spirit to act because the Holy Spirit acts upon faith. He operates by faith. The gifts operate by faith. The Holy Spirit acts on faith. So when I say I've got an anointing, it comes into manifestation. And wow, now I feel anointed. That's better. See, I don't live by my feelings. I live by faith. The kingdom's a kingdom of faith, not a kingdom of feelings. Feelings can come and go. Feelings are fickle. We've got to trust God in his words. So this morning, I want to talk about the kingdom of God, a worry-free zone. Any warriors amongst us? Be honest. Get our hands up. We all worry sometimes, don't we? Well, hopefully I can help you today. You got your Bibles, turn with me. Matthew chapter 6. 
well-known words. I'm going to read them. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through to 34. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you or you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, ladies? For after all these things, I couldn't resist that. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, and I'll drink to that. <coughs> and, <coughs> and across in Philippians chapter 4, in Philippians chapter 4, <coughs> it talks about being anxious. And uh, verse 6 and 7, I'm just going to read. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? Amen. So we're not to worry. You know, some experts would tell us that somewhere between 60 to 90% of health problems are caused by worry. That's serious, isn't it? That's a lot. So worry actually is like a disease, the disease of worrying. Worry is like a disease. We need to treat it like a disease. And we could do something about it. You know, most people worry about something. Some people worry about everything. Isn't that true? Poor people worry about not having enough money. Rich people worry about losing the money. What category are you in, by the way, just... Checking your tithes and your offerings. See, most people worry about something. (laughs) Some people come from a long line of warriors. How's your family in worrying? Some people come from a long line of warriors. It seems to be in the family, the family line. They're always worrying. And that can get passed on to you because worry is also a spirit. Worry, anxiety, nervousness, these things are, yes, they're emotions, but they're also spirits. And these things can come down through the generations. And you may be one of those that's come from a long line of warriors. Well, because of Jesus and the cross, praise God, you can break off the generations and you're free to be God's man and woman for today. Isn't that good news? No longer do you need to be a warrior. Wow. I mean, worry can have a positive effect if you call it concern. True. No, it's true. 
It's good to be concerned about paying your mortgage and paying your bills. It's, it's good to be concerned about certain things. But when that concern changes to worry, that's when you've got a problem. Jesus didn't say, don't be concerned about it. He said, don't worry. There's a difference. It's good to be concerned. If we're not concerned about things, we're not going to be good stewards. Good stewards are concerned about the master's business. But we're not to worry about it. There's a difference. And the amazing thing is this. It's not a good thing. It doesn't add to our life. It steals our life. Hours, days, and months. You know, you play the tapes. You play the conversations. Round and round and round and round and round. What's already happened, you play the tapes from the past, but you also play the tapes what you think is going to happen in the future. If I do this and you're working it all out, you've got it all worked out in your mind, you've nearly worried yourself to death, only to discover it wasn't true, yet you've nearly killed yourself in the process. That's what worry does. It's not good for us. In fact, worrying can seriously damage your health. Never mind having that in cigarette package. We should have that tattooed in our forehead. Worry can seriously damage our health. Because it can. It's not a friend. It's an enemy. A couple of definitions of worry. I like the second one the best, but I'll read the first one first. A divided mind. A distraction. A preoccupation with things causing anxiety, pressure, and stress. And the second one is this, a runaway mind. A runaway mind come over the hill as she blew. You never heard that one? A runaway mind come over the hill as she blew. never heard that one? Where have you people been all your life? There was a song years ago, a runaway train come over the hill as she blew. Where have you been? It's okay, I can change the words to suit me. I've just paraphrased it, that's all. A runaway mind. Have you got a runaway mind? Does your mind run away from you? Is your mind in control of you, or are you in control of your mind, basically? Or are we taking every thought captive to Christ? Some people, they've just got runaway minds. Their minds are an absolute mess. It's running all over the place. They're not only biting their fingernails, they're nearly biting their fingers off right up to their armpits. Because they've got runaway minds. We've got to do something about our minds. We're supposed to renew our mind and take every thought captive, not allow our mind to do its own thing. See, we rule and reign out of our spirits as born-again believers, not out of our mind. See, Adam and Eve in the garden, they were filled and covered with the glory of God. They ruled and reigned over their mind and over their body. When sin came in, bang, the mind came in control. They were no longer ruling and reigning out of their spirit. When Jesus came and took back with the first Adam lost, and made the way for us to get saved, at the moment we become a Christian, our spirits are born again, we should then begin to rule and reign out of our spirits, so our spirits are ruling over our mind again, and our mind isn't in control. That's what Christians should be like. Born again, God living in us, ruling over our mind by the Spirit of God and the Word of God within us. Hallelujah. That's revelation to some people. Our mind should not be in control. We are spirit beings living on the inside. The real you is on the inside. That's not you in the, in the outside. That's just your tent or your building or your whatever you want to call it. But the real you is on the inside. <laughs> ah, 
running with mine. Anyway, they're running with mine. Come over the hill, she blew. I'm still going to sing it because I like it. They're running with mine. Come over the hill, she blew. Anyway, some dangers of worrying. Worrying does not do as good. See the person next to you. Worrying won't do you any good. Now say to someone else, worry won't do me any good either. Well, here's the deal. When asked, are you worrying? Look in their eyes. Go on. <laughs> Look in their eyes. <laughs> One of the things that worry does, it causes us to lose our perspective. We lose our perspective. What happens is, we worry about a problem so much, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it becomes this great big mountain, in fact, it becomes so big we lose sight of God. You know, you know that's why worship's so good? As we begin to worship God, we lift up God, we get lifted up, and then we look down on a little worry mountain because that's what it looks like now. That's what worry does. It causes us to lose a sense of perspective. And God shrinks. You've got this giant worry mountain and a teeny little God. Well, worship's a great thing to help you get your perspective back. Hmm. It can damage our health. Said that, worry will seriously damage your health. I'll just put down some headaches, backaches. Could be any kind of ache, actually. Ulcers. High blood pressure, heart problems, depression, blah, 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 blah. Worrying will seriously damage your health. Even the experts, and the experts I'm talking about are not Christian believers. I'm talking about unbelievers. They recognize now that worrying is bad for you. And it's like a disease in the world. It's one of the world's main diseases. That's crazy. Particularly in the Western world. On the surface, people are wearing their masks. They look nice you know, with the big houses and all that, underneath most of them are worrying themselves to death. Worrying will seriously damage your health. Not just for us, it will actually affect the way that we treat others. You know, when you're worrying about something, you're so caught up in this worry, you get a bit harsh with those around you. You're so focused on this worry thing, and you get all intense and tensed up about it all and you begin to treat others in a harsh way and you begin to hurt those around you. That's what worry does. Pretty obviously it affects our walk with God because if we're worrying, we're not trusting. Disrupts our walk with God, Bible reading, all these kind of things. And we can end up suffering from the what I call the what-if syndrome. What if I get sick? What if I get fired? What if I have no money? What if people don't like me? What if people leave the church? What if we have burglars? I mean, you can go on and on and on. What if, what if, what if? And some people actually live like that. What if? It may never happen, but they're living in the what if. And that's not a good place to live. What if? God doesn't want us to be there. We're not supposed to be the what-if people. We're his sons and daughters. Praise God. Should you want some good news now? Okay. So how can we stop worrying and enjoy life more? Here we are, the bit you've been waiting for. 
very simple, very profound this, believe you can stop worrying. See, if Jesus said, do not worry, it must be possible for us to stop worrying. Otherwise, what right did Jesus have to say, do not worry, if it's impossible for us not to worry? So if Jesus says, do not worry, it must be possible for us to stop worrying. That's going to be the first thing, isn't it? We've got to believe we can stop worrying. Because if Jesus said, do not worry, we must be able to stop worrying. Praise God. That's good. You know these verses we read out talking about the birds of the air? We need to believe that God loves us more than the birds. Do you believe that? You don't sound too sure to me. You believe God loves birds more than you? I mean, we're his sons and daughters. God loves us. He can never love us any more, any less than he does now. He's a loving father. He will always do his good. He always wants what is best. That's the kind of father we've got. He loves us more than the birds and the other animals in the jungle. He loves us. And he's a good God. We've got to believe that. Fundamental things. So we can stop worrying. And we need to believe that God is a good God. And he cares about us. These verses also said, seek first the kingdom. Actually, it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. You see, where you find the kingdom of God, you'll always find the righteousness of God. It talks about Jesus having the scepter of righteousness, which is the scepter of the kingdom. So we've got to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't say seek first the church or anything. It says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Am I seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness? Are we seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness? Well, over the next few weeks and months, we want to help us get hold of the kingdom so we can begin to seriously seek first the kingdom. See, salvation, healing, all these kind of miraculous things, they're all demonstrations of the kingdom. That's what they are. Demonstration of the kingdom, that there's a king and there's another kingdom. That's what these things demonstrate. So we've got to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. As I say, I hinted at, take every thought captive to Christ. In other words, stop living by our wits and start living by the word. Stop living by our wits. Some people are good at living by their wits. But it's much better to live by the word. See, God's word is eternal. It's solid ground under our feet. When you live by your wits, it's all down to you. I don't like being there. And at least if I believe God in his word and I die, at least I can look him in the eye and say, well, I believe your word, Lord. If you live by your wits, you know what you do when you live by your wits? You just burn yourself out. You burn yourself out. So we need to take every thought captive to Christ. You know, believe what God says, believe what his word says, and not live by our wits, but believe by the word of God. That's what we should be doing anyway. Another good way to stop being anxious or worrying, have a thankful heart. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about, you know, to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you read the verses after that, it talks about a thankful heart. You know, the sign of being spirit-filled is having a thankful heart. We would call ourselves charismatic Christians, would we not? Well, would we? 
Are there any non-charismatics here then? Do we know what charismatic means? You know, spirit-filled, believing in the gifts of the Spirit for today. Charismatic Christians, that's what we call ourselves, is it not? An evangelical Christian is one who believes in historical biblical Christianity. A charismatic Christian believes in the gifts of the Spirit for today, okay? So if we would call ourselves that and we are Spirit-filled, therefore we should have thankful hearts. If you do not have a thankful heart, I've got to ask the question, how filled are you really with the Holy Spirit? Because that's what the Bible says. Go on being filled. Part of that outworking is having a thankful heart. We should always have a thankful heart. You know, if for nothing else, just the very fact God has saved us, that should be wonderful. The very fact we're still alive today, we should be thankful for that. The very fact we've got clothes to, to, to wear, we should be thankful for that. We should always have a thankful heart and it's good practice to get into that place where we're always thanking God for something. So we've got a thankful... Sometimes I just walk around saying, just thank you, God. You come down the prayer meeting, I'm just walking, just God, I just thank you. I just thank you. It doesn't have to be anything specific. I'm just, God, I just thank you. I just thank you. So having a thankful heart is one of the things that will stop us worrying. When tempted to worry by thoughts or feelings, we choose to trust God in his word. You see, it doesn't mean to say that we're never going to have thoughts or the temptation to worry, or it doesn't mean to say that we're never going to feel like worrying again. But when that thought or that feeling comes, that's the point we say, no, I choose to believe God in his word. That's the point we say it's written. It doesn't mean we never ever have feelings of worry ever again. And that applies to every life, actually. When things come against us, it doesn't mean that we're free in, 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 in the case that we never are tempted with that thing again. But at that point of temptation, that's when we say, no, it is written, I choose to believe the word. Because it is a choice. Amen. It is a choice. Yeah. Choosing to believe the word. That's faith. Faith is a choice. Trusting in God. Something else that will help but keep close to God. Spend time in His presence. You know, the closer we feel to God, the less we're going to worry. Because when we are close to God, the wonderful thing is, you just feel, well, God's big and He can sort it all out, so why should I worry? Just knowing His presence and knowing God in a real way is not just in the book, but you know, he lives within us, he's around us. To know God at that level will help stop us worrying. Living in his presence. God's presence is a worry-free zone. There's no worry in God's presence, I've got to tell you. There's no worry in heaven. There's none. Isn't that good? No worry in heaven whatsoever. And just some of the things to help us overcome worry. Worry is actually the opposite of faith. Worry is a bit like fear. It's the opposite of faith. In kingdom, people should be faith-filled people as well as spirit-filled and word-filled people. We should be faith-filled, not worry-filled. It's the opposite to faith. We'll do this one now just to uh, get us in the mood. Every morning, when you're waking up, I don't know the first thing that comes out of your mouth. There's not much comes out of mine to have two mugs of tea. Amen. But, amen, see, my wife can confirm that. Uh, and then I say, honey bunch, do you want me to do you something? <laughs> well, 
Well, what, words to that effect, I mean, that, that might be a paraphrased version, but you know what I mean. But anyway, something good to do, either before you get out of bed or after you get out of bed, is say, speak it out. I believe in God. Say that three times. I believe in God. Let's just practice that. I believe in God. Again? Again? There you are, you see? That helps you get the... You're lifting up God instead of the worry. Start your day when you get out of bed. Saying, I believe in God. Get some positive stuff into you. Say to yourself this. I can overcome worry with God. I can overcome worry with God. That's another little practice. I can overcome. This is good. Again. Third time lucky. I'm just trying to find the religious people amongst us, that's all. (laughs) Something else you can do. I did this as a handout some time ago. Actually, I spoke on this a couple of years ago, three, I don't know. Why am I speaking on it again? Because some wise man said, they said, uh, if it's not worth preaching a sermon more than once, it's not worth preaching once. So I'm preaching this more than once. Here's a good prayer. Father, this day I place my life, my loved ones, my work in your hands. There is no harm in your hands, only good. I believe you love me and will take care of me this day. You get the heart of that? To start the day with the focus on God in giving your day into his hands and your loved ones into his hands and believing he's going to take care of it for you. Nip it in the bud. Before the worry demons got time to work in the mind, just nip it in the bud and give the whole day to God. Memorize verses that speak faith, love, hope, this kind of thing. Speak positively instead of negatively. It's better if you've... It's better sometimes, you know, there's a time when you've got to have a heart-to-heart. I'm not talking about that. Don't say Brian never says negative things. That's not what I mean. But some people get into just a negative cycle where they're just continually speaking out negative things. Where's he down? It just, you need to start speaking positively. You know, there's so many proverbs that say a man, and this applies to a woman, is satisfied with the fruit of their lips. So what's coming out your lips? It does make a difference. It does matter. What comes out of your lips will have an effect upon your life. So speak positive things. It's better to shut up sometimes. Alison can tell when I'm battling physically or something like that. I either don't say much, or I'm saying something from the Bible, but I'm not going around moaning. I'm shutting up. I'm shutting up. I'm making sure nothing negative is coming out of my lips. You see, the devil can't read our mind, but he'll listen to what comes out of our lips. Only God knows our thoughts. The devil doesn't. That's why we've got to guard what comes out of our lips. And I'm not going to say something negative out of my lips so that I'm agreeing with the devil. That empowers him. I want all that comes out of my lips to agree with heaven because then God is at work in my life. Don't empower the enemy by speaking out negative stuff. Keep a good positive confession. Here's a good one. Don't participate. (laughs) Do not participate 
in worry conversations. Have you ever had a worry conversation? Hmm? You'd be very, very careful. I mean, you get in a group of some people, and I've been there, where it's just one negative thing after another. There's something about our humanity, about group dynamics. You get a group of people, one says a negative thing, someone else says a negative thing. Before you know it, the whole group is saying something negative. It's just part of group dynamics. That's what happens. It just it goes like that. And it needs somebody to say, hey, stop that. We're going to say this. You say something positive, then two or three other people start to say positive stuff. That's the way it should be. So don't get involved in worry conversations. Change the subject. Or speak out faith. But don't participate. Because all you're doing when you participate, you're becoming someone else's dustbin. I've got enough rubbish of my own, thank you very much. I don't want yours. I refuse to become somebody else's dustbin. How about you? Well, turn to someone and say, I'm not going to be anybody's dustbin. Now, I dare you to say to them, especially yours. (laughs) 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 And when you're tempted to worry, just remember, God's in you. Hey, he's in you. He's not away across the sea that he can't help us. He's in us. And he's with us and he's everywhere. He's around. Hey, God's here. Hey, why should I worry? The one who's in me is bigger and greater than my problem. Isn't he? The greater one is in me. (laughs) Wow. The last thing to say about it is this. God isn't sitting in heaven biting his fingernails worrying what's going to happen over North Korea or anything else. God is the sovereign Lord God Almighty, as well as a loving Father. He knows the end from the beginning, and he's got it all worked out. So the conclusion is this. Seek first the kingdom of God, and do not worry. Believe that the kingdom of God can become a worry-free zone for you. And ask God to change you from a warrior into a warrior. From a warrior into a warrior. That's what God wants. Warriors. Not warriors. Warriors.